Welcome to the Harvest House Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Our vision is to empower each person to know God, experience freedom, and discover their purpose to make a difference. Enjoy the message from this past Sunday. Noble. Welcome. Welcome online. Hope you're doing well this morning. Yes, I want to continue to talk about truth. This morning, uh, I have a lot of uh, scriptures, a lot of slides, so I hope you have your Bible handy. And I hope also you have your phone ready if you're going to look up scriptures uh, on your phone. I want you to highlight some things because we're really going to talk about truth and how important truth is. And so go to 2 Timothy with me. If you read through the word, you're going to find often that in the letters, there's reminders. We're in an information age where we're bombarded with information daily. This morning, I don't want to give you just information. I want to give you truth. And I'm praying and believing that that truth will set us free. Timothy's about almost three quarters of the way through the New Testament. This is a letter that Paul, a father in the faith, wrote to a young man named Timothy, chapter 2, verse 14. It says, keep reminding them of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. This is what I want you to hear here. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. For every believer, this is God's word from Genesis to Revelation. And every word in here is true. It says, if you look over to the page, chapter three, it says, chapter three, verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This word, God's word, can tell us anything and everything we need to know about life, about marriage, about family, about business, about money, about love, about relationships. So God literally breathed on it, and it's alive. Hebrews 4, 12 says that the scripture's like a sword. It's living, it's active, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. I could read it to myself, I could read it out loud and it's a double-edged sword. It could cut into me and it could cut into you as you hear it. It's powerful. And I want to encourage us as a people this morning to embrace truth. Because truth is under fire in our day to day. It was on trial 2,000 years ago when Jesus stood before Pilate. And we're going to read about that. There's also another little verse in 2 Peter, if you want to turn there, just about remembering things. 
is 2 Peter 1, verse 12. It says, so I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth. We need reminders. I don't know about you, but I forget a lot of what I read. That's why meditating on God's word is of so much value. Not just read the word, but we know in James it says, do not merely read the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. So now if we're going to read the word, we have to apply the truth that we read to our lives, and that's called life application. All you college students, one day you're going to graduate, or maybe you've already graduated, and then you're going to fill out an application. And that application, they want to know what you've learned. They want to know where you've been, how, much, how many skills you have. So in life, we need to apply the application of the truth to our lives so that we can walk through life with some wisdom and with some understanding. When, uh, when I look at this picture here, that's an iceberg. There's so much more happening underneath the surface than above the surface. You could be on the water and cruise by that and say, man, that's huge. But then if you were able to look under the water, it's three times the size of what's on top. And so often, we read the word of God and we're just scratching the surface. There's so much more underneath. There's so much more to be found. And it says, Proverbs tells us God's word's like a treasure. And the more I dig, 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 the more the Holy Spirit reveals his truth to me. There's another slide I want to show you because I believe this is to be true in our culture. What you really believe will drive your actions. What you really, really, really believe and value, there'll be an action behind it. I value marriage. My wife and I have been married 30 years. I value family. We have three amazing kids. They're grown. But I value what God has to say about marriage. And so I'm in marriage for life. And when I married my wife, I made a covenant before God and before man that until death to us part, that was my partner for life. But in the culture we live in, have you noticed like People are treating marriage like if it's just, you're, you're dating someone. Like, I can just break it off with you. I can just go and get another wife. And I'm not here to, to con condemn anyone that's been through a divorce. I'm not here to say that. I'm just saying there's times and places and seasons for everything in life. I don't know why I'm saying this. I'm kind of off my notes. But if you were to glue two pieces of wood together, and then you ripped them apart, there would be a piece of the wood. It wouldn't rip just perfect. It would rip and when you tear it apart, there would be a piece of this wood and a piece of this wood. There would be different parts of the wood attached to each part. And that's what happens in marriage. When someone has a divorce, it rips it apart 
And then there's so much wounding. There's so much pain that goes along with that. And I was in youth ministry for 16 years full time and I've counseled a lot of students that had to go through a divorce and it's painful. So why I'm saying all of that is because God has a plan and it's between a man and a woman and it's called marriage and it's for life. So if you're here, I wanna encourage you, it's a beautiful thing. I don't know why I'm saying this either, but sex is a beautiful thing. But it was made for marriage. So if you're here, keep yourself pure. Save your virginity for your husband or wife. And if you have blown it, hey, there's redemption. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So beliefs really do matter. And they, they matter to God. And truth matters. I'm going to keep driving that home. I want you to leave here today thinking truth really matters. So if I were to ask you about truth, why did Jesus come into the world? Many of you have been following Jesus for a long time. Just for 30 seconds, I want to hear just, just a few people just tell me why did Jesus come to the world? Why was he born? For what reason? And what purpose? Just quick. Why, why did Jesus, why was Jesus born? Show the love of God. To destroy the works of the devil. Yeah, First John. To do the will of the Father. Amen. To reveal perfect love. There was only three reasons he came. Wow. No, just just kidding. So we're going to, to uh, Jesus actually said it in John 18, why he came, why he was born and for this reason. But we're not going there yet. We're going to take a little tour, truth, real quick. Here's the first one. Jesus came to save us. This is Mary. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Here's an iceberg scripture. There's so much more right here than meets the eye. There's one word in here, the word save. And if you look it up in the Greek, it literally means sozo, and that means to save, to heal, and to deliver. Jesus had a lot more in his heart than just saving people. He wanted to free people. He wanted you to walk in abundant life. He, he wanted you to have some benefits. He wanted you to know him. He wanted to save you and heal you and deliver you. You know, when you, here we are back, back talking to college students, when you graduate, you want to find a good job that has great benefits, right? Can I tell you some of the benefits that God offers in Psalm 103? Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Man, there's benefits to knowing Jesus. But he came to, right here, 
to save us from our sins. Let's go to another one. Jesus came to set us free. In Luke 4, Jesus is handed a scroll and he unrolls it to a place and he reads about himself and it's from Isaiah 61. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who were oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's good news. Not only did he come to bring good news, but he realized something. There were people bound. It didn't mean he was going to the jail and going to free everybody that was in jail. But people are imprisoned by fear, by sin, by addiction, by unforgiveness. And Jesus said, I'm gonna, here's a jailbreak today. This scripture's fulfilled in your hearing. And not only is it fulfilled in, in this day, but it's fulfilled in every Christian. We're carrying this anointing to break people out of prisons. You know what prison, you know what captivity is? It's believing a lie. See, Satan is the author of lies. He's a liar. And sometimes we get bound by lies. We get bound by deception. Have you ever said, I'll never get out of this or I'll never be able to do that? That's hopelessness. In God, with God, all things are possible. Is that true? Yes. Is that the truth? Yes. All things are possible to them that believe. You have to believe. Now, Satan, it says, came to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So is that abundant life, just wait till I get to heaven, or is that here on earth? Now, if the truth is going to set me free, that means it would set me free today, not when I get to heaven. I'm already going to be free when I get there. But Jesus has a, an abundant life for all of us in this room to live. And it's through truth. We must embrace the truth. Let's go to the next slide. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. There's the, there's the word again, save. When Jesus came here, he was going to seek out people that were lost. And he was going to save them, heal them and deliver them. In this room today, you could be in captivity to sin. You could be in captivity. You could be addicted to porn. And you're like, There's, I just can't get out of this courage. No, Jesus came to set us free. Maybe you're believing a lie that I could never forgive I can never have another relationship. Whenever you attach that word never to something, it's hopelessness. So I'm here to tell you the truth is Jesus, his word, his truth, who he is, is for us today. And we need to start walking in all the promises that Jesus has. That's why I'm reminding you that we must walk in the truth.
For even the Son of Man, Mark 10, 45, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The world was in a bad shape, and the world's still in a bad shape, but Jesus came and paid a price. He said, I'm going to lay my life down. And when I lay my life down and I shed my blood, that's going to be enough to pay the price for sin. He not only did it on the cross, but what he did three days later is he arose from the dead. And the truth is, from the scriptures, the same spirit that lives that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you if you're born again. That same spirit, the Holy Spirit is now residing in us and it's full of power. It's full of truth. I believe the church has has embraced the lie that we're powerless. Why is it that the church always apologizes for telling the truth? Afraid to offend. Hey, I'm getting ready to tell you the truth. Um, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I'm going to need to tell you the truth. You think the world's out there going, I'm getting ready to tell you a lie. I'm going to apologize for it. No, they just tell you a lie. They just tell you what they think is right. But we as Christians need to begin to tell the truth in love. The scriptures tell us to speak the truth in love. And you know the love scripture? You know the love chapter? There's a one-liner in there, verse 6. 1 Corinthians 13, 6. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love has a truth attached to it. Truth is powerful, people. Jesus is powerful, and Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. There's no way to get to the Father except through Jesus, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Next slide. We're to the real reason Jesus came. Jesus stood before Pilate. He was on trial. And Pilate said, are you you a king? And then Jesus said, yes, I'm a king. And for this reason, I was born. And for this reason, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. That's why Jesus was born. Truth was on trial over 2,000 years ago, and truth is on trial today. Is Jesus the way to the Father? Is Jesus the only way to get to heaven? That sounds pretty strong, doesn't it? Is he really? No, is Jesus the only way to get to heaven? I've shared my faith a lot out in public. I've been to New York City into the seven boroughs, the Bronx, Lower East Manhattan. I've been into all those rough, rough places. And I've shared my faith in a lot of different places on elevators, in airplanes. 
I mean, when God tells me to do something, I, I wanna speak the truth in love. But you know something I've come up against quite a bit when I, when I share the verse, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no way to, to go to the Father except through Jesus. I've had people say, man, you Christians are so narrow-minded. You believe that Jesus is the only way. Don't you know there's a lot of other ways to get there? Don't you know that being a good person or believing in, in Buddha, or believing in Muhammad, or believing in one of these other guys will get you to heaven. Jesus paid his life as a ransom. So he's the way, the truth, and the life. It seems kind of strong to say it, but it's the truth. And we don't need to apologize for saying that Jesus is the way the truth, and the life. Our world's in a problem right now. They don't know what the truth is. Jesus said this, or it says it about Jesus, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the word and he became flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. The word of God is so powerful and I wanna keep reminding you over and over how powerful the word is. How much, how much we need to embrace the truth of it today. I want to ask you, which side of truth are you on today? Is it okay that over at App State, they don't teach creation? Or maybe they do, I don't know, but I don't think they do. I know most public schools don't teach creation. Is that okay? Have we just embraced that's okay to teach something that's not true, to teach evolution? Could you imagine two Toyotas running into each other and then like a million years later, a Lamborghini drove off? It's kind of ludicrous to think that, that, that an ape, could turn into a human. But we embrace it as if it's the truth. Christians are not standing up anymore. They're tolerating, to the word tolerance, to just be nice. But the truth is what sets people free. And if we really believe the truth, then we'll share the truth in love and hopefully it'll set people free. I know I'm a little bit serious in here, but here's a, a little funny slide. Like I said, the world's in bad shape. When the Weather Channel has to lie about how bad the weather is. I don't know if you've seen the view, but they said over a million views, the guy's pretending as if the wind's blowing him and he's doing like this. This wind out here is so bad. And then the two guys in the back are chilling like, like walking down the street, 
They're not being blown around by the wind. You know what's worse than just the video being a lie? Then they come back on and try to make an excuse for it. They said this guy was in slippery grass and they were on secure pavement. And that's why he was about to fall down. They said he had been up till 1.30 in the morning and he was really tired and he couldn't stand on his feet. So guys, <laughs> why do we have to lie so much about things that aren't true? It's, it seems funny, like why would the Weather Channel have to do that? It just makes the story so much better though, right? Here's one that's a little more serious though. This is a guy on CNN. He quoted this, this is his quote, Don Lemon. Jesus Christ, if that's who you believe in, Jesus Christ admittedly was not perfect when he was here on this earth. Hmm. Was Jesus perfect? Do you believe he was? Why did, why didn't all the Christians call CNN, blowing up their phone, their emails, and said, hey, Don needs to go back on the air and retract that statement. It's a lie. It's not the truth. But we embrace it as if it's truth, or we, we just go on about things, as if it's okay. But have you thought about it, what that one statement right there, just say a million people saw that. And a million, half of them were struggling with their faith. Maybe there were some kids that grew up in church that said, hey, I, th I thought Jesus was perfect. What happened? This guy's saying Jesus is not perfect, so I guess he's right. It causes people to stumble when we don't know the truth. That's why I want to encourage you before we leave today, I don't have time to finish but I want you to learn how to handle the word of truth. And students, I want you to start thinking for yourself. I want you to find out what God's word says about truth. Because Jesus is truth. Jesus put on skin and came to this earth to testify to the truth. And everyone on the side of truth, you have to decide really what side of truth you're gonna be on. There's either a truth or a lie. I did have one more slide. And I would just end with this. Sorry, I'll just read it. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. This is 1 John 4, 6. We are from God. And whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. True story. Friday night I spoke to like 20 or 25 men in this room and we read the story of David and Goliath. According to the truth, according to the scriptures, who killed Goliath? 
Say it again. David killed Goliath. I was on Wikipedia, I was on Google, and I read something different. It said that really David didn't kill Goliath, but someone less popular did. And over the years, they wanted someone more popular to be at the forefront, so they put David in there. What in the world? We're trying to rewrite history. We're trying to change history, and that's what the world's doing. Will you stand up with me? Anybody know in Scripture when you're getting ready to put on the armor of God in Ephesians 6, what's the first thing as far as the armor goes are we supposed to put on? The belt of truth. This might seem first grade, but I'm going to do it anyway. Why don't you buckle up before we walk outside? Can you just do that? Can you just wrap that belt around you and buckle up? You're getting ready to go into some areas. There's going to be a lot of deception. And you need to have the belt of truth on because you know what that supports? The word of God which is the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word, the truth. So as you get ready to walk out of here, you need to have your sword. But not just here, but in here. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, Psalm 119, 11. So can I pray for you, Father? We embrace you as truth, absolute truth. Your word is absolute truth, and we embrace it. We declare your word that says it, John 17, your word is truth. And so we accept it, we believe it, and as we walk out of here, Lord, we're buckled up. And I pray, Father, this week, you will allow us to get in your word and let your word get into us. Not just read it, but allow your word to get in us. So, Father, I ask your blessing on your people, and I pray the truth will set us all free this week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have an awesome Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm going to ask you to just head on out the door and fellowship outside. And if you need prayer, some of us will be outside to pray for you. God bless you. listening to the Sermon of the Week. To find out more about our ministry, visit hhcboone.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Harvest House Church Boone.